0: So from Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night. "'Nor the arrow that flies by day, "'nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, "'nor the plague that destroys at midday. "'A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, "'but it will not come near you. "'You will only observe with your eyes "'and see the punishment of the wicked. "'If you make the most high your dwelling, "'even the Lord, who is my refuge, "'then no harm will befall you, "'no disaster will come near your tent.' For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble I will deliver him and honour him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation.
1: Um, yeah, Thanks so much for having us again. And uh to uh, Shell if you're watching. Um, it's good that, that you're here with us too. Um, I wonder if you had some uh, interesting conversations with people about uh, times they needed to find refuge. Um, Russ, that was a, a pretty full-on uh, story you told us. And I think we're all wondering, yeah, you know, why if someone has a fractured, dislocated ankle. Um, why you'd relocate it yourself, and then wait till the next day to call someone. But anyway, maybe we can talk with Russ about that, uh, about that a bit later. Uh, friends, let's pray as we come to this psalm together. Uh, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're a God who speaks to us. That you want to be known. And we pray this morning that uh, by your Spirit you would open up our ears. Open up the eyes of our hearts that we might see your glory, um, that our hearts might leap with joy uh, because of the salvation that you have purchased for us in our Lord Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. Under what shadows do you live your life? Under what shadows do you live your life? And what looms large in your life that causes you to skip a heartbeat, causes you to lose sleep or your appetite? Uh, Is it past hurts? Is it present failures? Is it future bleakness? What is it that controls your mood, your state of mind? Is it a particular situation? Is it a person? Is it a potential threat to your life or your happiness? Do you feel at times that God or the world is out to get you? That you feel hemmed in and trapped every which way you look? Under what shadows do you live? Maybe the last couple of months it's been under the shadow of swooping magpies. Under what shadows do you live? In Psalm 91, we have a poem about living under the shadow of God. We don't know who wrote this psalm, but it's obvious they are facing all all kinds of troubles. You can feel their anguish, their despair, the intensity in their life as we just read it. And how wonderful that this psalm and many others like it give us the right language to express our emotions to God. The Psalms are very vivid with what life is like and they teach us how we can speak to God in all of our troubles. Psalm 91, it's a poem that encourages us to trust God for protection and security, to seek refuge in him in the darkness of night, in the heat of the day, in all of life's troubles. So verse 1 tells us, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. When you live in the shadow of God Almighty, you'll find protection and security. And in verses 3 to 13, He shelters us from all kinds of trouble, now, keep in mind as we read this, it's poetry. Uh, you don't read poetry like you would a scientific textbook. i uh, have just got to go with the flow of the metaphors. It's not saying that you'll never get shot or caught in the net or catch the common cold. Um, uh, where's the guy I was chatting with, the paramedic there, getting bitten by snakes? Which had to be one of his colleagues got bitten just the other day. Uh, this psalm is describing the life of faith a person of faith, as they face the storm, that they'll be secure under the strong wings of God. So verse 3, we read this. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. They're saying that God will rescue from those death traps, from destruction. In verse 4, we see God being described by two images. He's like a fortress, a rampart, a defensive wall around a a castle a strong building impervious to attack. And we see the second metaphor there. God is like a bird who protects his children under his wings. He covers them from weather and from predators. He will cover you with his feathers, verse 4 says, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Now, of course, God is neither a bird nor a castle, but the one who trusts in him the one who walks closely with him, the one who has a right relationship with God Almighty, will find refuge and protection in all adversities of life. And from trouble that comes any time, night or day, verse 5, you will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. At times, Life might feel like you're walking among traps, ready to snap shut on you. might feel like arrows might fly at you at any moment. Plagues may stalk through the dark night or even in broad daylight. But God promises protection 24-7, no matter where you are. Verse 7, a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. We can see God will protect those who put their trust in him. He will help them endure whatever's going on in life. Verse 11 tells us how he's going to do it. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. The way that God protects is with his angels. Now, this psalm doesn't really tell us heaps about what the angels do apart from lifting you up in their hands. Um, the Bible doesn't really talk heaps about angels either. It's just not a big thing. But the point of the poem is that God has got it all in his hands. You'll be protected in all your ways, wherever you go, even things that ambush us from hidden places. God shelters from trouble those who put their trust in him, those who live in the shadow of his wings. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if you're thinking right now, Steve... This all sounds pretty good, but it's not really true, is it? It's a nice idea. I suffer all kinds of things. Life isn't really like what this psalmist says. It'd be nice if it was, but let's be honest, Steve. That's just fanciful thinking. Because we all know that even Christians get sick. We catch colds. Even the dreaded man flu. Um, And even recently, uh, we know the peril of life threatening illness, the fragility of life. We know that death is something that awaits us all. You know, I, I'm with you. How can this psalm really be true? It'd be great if it was, but can it really be true? Well, this psalm isn't saying that nothing bad will ever happen to people of faith, that you just need to have strong enough faith and, and these things won't happen. No, it's not saying that at all. What it is saying is that God will protect your salvation no matter what's going on in life. The storm will keep raging around us, threatening our lives. Bad stuff will happen to us, but our salvation is rock solid. Did you notice that the faithful one in this psalm is right in the thick of great trials? They're in the midst of it, and that is where we find God's protection, his care, his salvation. It's in the storms of life where God ministers to his people. As we dwell in the shadow of his wings. So this is a poem about trusting in the, the ultimate and eternal protection of God in the thick of life's difficulties. We see this in the final verse of Psalm um, of, in, of this Psalm in verses 14 to 16. Uh, they're words of comfort, these, words of rescue, spoken by God Himself. God declares in verse 14: Because he loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. You see God's words of comfort there for the person of faith. I will deliver him, protect him, answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I will rescue him, give him honor. I'll satisfy him with long life, salvation, And what incredible promises that God is making. The picture we get of life in his shadow is that we can rise above the the depressing and saddening realities of life to a real hopeful certainty in God that stretches way beyond the grave. And it's available to those who come to him in faith. Uh, To those, first of all, who are lovingly devoted to God. See how the start of verse 14 is there. Because he loves me. Uh, This is not a cold, hard contract with God. It's not a begrudging duty or burden, but a genuine affection and trust and commitment to God Almighty. Shelter is found by the one who loves God. Second, this promise of rescue is for the person who knows God's name. Verse 14 He acknowledges my name. God promises to deliver and exalt those who personally know him. Uh, and not just to know what his name is, Yahweh, as if you know, you can just say, oh, Yahweh, yeah, I know that name. No, it's not talking about that. Uh, it's about what his name means. And what does the name of, of God mean? Uh, well, earlier in our Bibles, in Exodus 34, um, we're told what God's name means. Exodus 34, verse 5, tells us, Um, The Lord came down in a cloud and stood with Moses on Mount Sinai and the Lord proclaimed his name, Yahweh. Then the Lord passed in front of Moses and proclaimed, Yahweh, Yahweh is a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and rich in faithful love and truth, maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving wrongdoing, rebellion and sin, but he will not leave the guilty unpunished. Knowing the name of God is to know what God is like, his character, that he is compassionate and gracious and faithful and loving, that he is slow to anger, that he is just and forgiving. But it's more than just being able to list it off, it's to know this in a personal way, what God is like towards me. To know that God is compassionate and gracious and and faithful to me. It's about having a relationship with God that you know deep in your heart because you've experienced him personally. You know his love. That's what it means to acknowledge the name of God. So God will protect those who are, are lovingly devoted to him, to those who know his name, and finally to those who call out to him in verse 15, those who cry out to him in prayer. When the trials of life come, the person of faith turns to God and calls on his name. They know that God alone can save. They know what he is like. They know that he is good and loving and powerful. They know that in running to him, they will find shelter. So I want to ask you, do you pray? People who trust God, pray. Prayer in itself is a real life expression of your faith. You won't pray if you don't have faith because prayer puts your life and your situation into the hands of God. Prayer is an expression of your faith. Now, doesn't Psalm 91 sound brilliant? God's powerful presence protecting his people, those who love him, who know him, who call out to him, those who trust him. Uh, But who can honestly say they do this? Maybe we should have a show of hands. Who thinks that they love God and they know Him, they call out to Him, they trust Him 100%? 100%? 100%? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, Well, This this is kind of like an opposite opposite auction, isn't it? Maybe. Um, (laughs) um, None of us can really honestly say that we are completely 100% totally devoted to God? And if that's the case, how can we really live in security? The answer, I think, is because Psalm 91 is not talking about you or me because we all fail miserably. As with every psalm, they are hopelessly out of reach of coming true for us because our wickedness actually puts us on the side of those against God, on the side of those who set traps for other people, who are there picking up the bow and arrow and shooting it at others. That's what our sin does. We are the ones who reject God's loving rule over our lives. We deserve the punishment of the wicked, as verse 8 says. That's where we're located in this psalm. But how can this psalm become true for, for us, for God's people? Well, it's by the grace of God. Because we don't deserve his protection. We don't deserve his love, his salvation. But as Jesus enters our world, on that very first Christmas, all the troubles of verses 3 to 13 come his way. His life was full of suffering, rejection. The arrows were all pointed at him. He was the man of sorrows. Yet because he was the perfect son of God, he does Psalm 91. He completely trusts in the protection of his heavenly father. He is the one who loves his father. He is the one who truly knows his father's name. He is the one who calls out to him and is delivered and exalted, not by dodging the troubles of life or avoiding the cross, but through it. It's in Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross that Psalm 91 becomes a reality for us, that we can be saved from all sin and evil. Even though it hems us in from every side and, and sin itself has infiltrated our hearts and makes us guilty and unacceptable before God and deserving of his judgment, because of, of Jesus, God is gracious towards us. Psalm 91 is a psalm about Jesus and through Jesus, it is a psalm for us too. It's only through Jesus, as he pours his Holy Spirit In our hearts that we can know God that we can love God that we can call out to God to rescue us that we're able to cry out to our heavenly father Abba father save me without the Holy Spirit we wouldn't ask God for his help because we're too full of pride thinking we can fix our own lives It's only as Jesus' Holy Spirit comes and makes his home in our hearts that we can be lovingly devoted to God, that we can love him with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength and to love our neighbour as ourselves. It's only by God's grace to us in Jesus that we can trust our Father, that we can come near him, that we can live under the shelter of his wings, even with our constant stumbling and weak faith. Jesus has done this psalm for us. By his cross, salvation comes from all in this world that would threaten us, even death itself, as we put our trust in him. And so the shape of the shadow of God that we live under is the shape of the cross. That's where we find protection. That's where we find security. That's where we find salvation and life. We live under the shadow of the cross of Jesus. I want to ask you, when times of trouble come into your life, uh, who do you cry out to? Who's your first phone call or, or SMS to? Who is your refuge? Under whose shadow do you live? If it's not the shadow of God in the shape of the cross of Jesus, it's not ultimately going to save you. It's not going to satisfy you with good things or give you life. Our only hope is Jesus as we cry out to him. There are many things that we put our hope in to rescue us from trouble. Most of these things start with, if only. If only I had more money. If only I had better health. If only I was in a better family. If only I had a better job. If only I had better looks, better wit. If only I had a larger farm, better soil. If only. In times of trouble, whatever comes after your if only reveals what your hope is in, what it is that you ultimately worship. That's the shadow that you live your life under. That is what you're looking at to rescue you. But friends, this this psalm tells us that the only real hope of rescue and refuge and salvation is in Jesus. He's the only one who brings real peace and joy and security in this life doesn't come by rolling up our sleeves and fixing our own troubles. doesn't come by sweeping it under the carpet and ignoring it. It doesn't come from medicating ourselves with adrenaline or food or relationships or, or experiences. Only Jesus. Let us live under the shadow of his wings. Praying boldly like this psalmist. Expressing our hearts, our emotions to God. And though the storms will rage all around us, our Heavenly Father will be with us. His Spirit lives in His people. We have His Word that is the light to our path. He will comfort us and rescue us. He will satisfy us with long life and salvation. The one who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. What a wonderful place to live. Jesus is our refuge. Hallelujah. Let us pray. And Father, we want to thank you that that you never change. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are our rock, our refuge, our salvation. Thank you, Father, for making yourself known to us in Jesus. And may we see you more clearly every day. May that strengthen our faith in you. May it deepen our love of you. Father, in times of trouble, may we find our strength and rest and hope in you alone. We thank you that you have sent your spirit to live in us, that you've given us your word to guide us, that we are never alone. May we live under the shadow of the cross of Jesus, where our salvation has been purchased with his blood. And though the storms may surge around us, he is our refuge and our fortress, our God in whom we trust. Amen.